Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is Mike Blewett, who... Talk some football, some NFL football, some XFL football, a little Major League uh, Baseball. Mike, always good. How you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, all things considered, I'm doing all right. Hanging out uh, with you is, is good times. All right. So one thing that's been lost um, in this uh, shuffle, there's so much um, news and most of it bad coming from the sports uh, world, well, was the fact that the XFL has uh, once again suspended operations. And there's no definitive decision that, you know, they're done for good, um, yet word from uh, executives and people around the XFL believe that uh, Vince is finally fed up and has had enough and believes that this isn't meant to be. You know, going back to the original XFL, it wasn't like a massive failure or anything like that. Like, people seem to think, oh, it only lasted a year. He was on NBC. It lasted a year because NBC did not have NFL uh, rights anymore. All right? And they lost the rights. NBC used to have NFL football. They lost it. Fox came in in the old days and stuff, and NBC got bounced. So NBC went to Notre Dame. They got the college football deal, and they had the XFL. Yet the National Football League, they play hardball, like mob tactics, basically. And they told NBC, it's a non-starter. We're not negotiating the NFL with you if you have the XFL. We're not going on the same network as the XFL. So basically, NBC told Vince, sorry, Vince, you know, we can get XFL football, but I can't do it. And I'm not stating that it lit the world on fire, the XFL, the first time around. But I'm just setting a little background here for people that people enjoyed the league the first time around as well. It was more gimmicky and it wasn't as high quality football as the XFL 2.0 was. But people did enjoy the league. I did. I bet on it. And I remember watching it every week. Um, the second incarnation, you and Joe Lisi were doing a weekly show. Mm-hmm. So you were covering this league and you saw the quality of football was very good, right? Like we've seen, there's actually numerous guys that have signed with National Football League teams um, already. The quality of play, the fans embraced it. The ratings were good. The betting handle was very good uh, for the XFL. Vince puts $375 million of his own money into this league to keep it afloat for two years uh, was the plan. And uh, the poor bastard can only get through five weeks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Obviously, we'll... Look, the you don't even have to read the tea leaves. Many of the employees sounded off on Twitter uh, after they were let go that this thing isn't coming back. Um, if if there's a heartbeat, it's really faint. It's unfortunate that it happened at this time. Maybe Vince feels like he's jinxed to some extent. And you're right. The quality of this football is really no comparison to the way we had it uh, 19 years ago. They rushed to the line of scrimmage to, to sorry for the use of the, the football pun, but they rushed to the line of scrimmage last time to get the league started. They took their time with this. They had quality quarterback play. Uh, I'm not saying it was any comparison to the NFL in terms of quality, but it was good. They were getting good ratings, uh, and I was a little surprised. But I really shouldn't be surprised that anything in this pandemic is subject to being canceled or, or or really speeding up its potential failure. I thought they were in a good position. I thought they were going to potentially secure broadcast rights in a, in a unique way going forward. Keep I in mind, the landscape of media is far different than it was back then. You had to be on one of the networks or you were dead in the water. Now, streaming uh, so, so many varieties of networks that you can promote on, I, I, I'm with you. I think they guaranteed they would have been on it. No, they, they, they would have been a success. Vince's deal was $375 million, two years. That's what it costs to run a football league, essentially. Like, the Alliance League essentially needed $200, $250 million to get through a league, and they clearly didn't have it. Uh, yeah. Vince set a budget a little bit tighter than what the Alliance... The Alliance threw money around a little bit lo- too loosely. Basically, the Alliance, everybody made $90,000. Mm-hmm. Like, the quarterback, the offensive lineman, the punter, and it didn't make sense, really. Right. Yeah, I understood the concept of it. But in the end, they and it was too much. You can't pay people ninety thousand dollars to play in a fringe football league uh, for 10 weeks. It's just it's too much money. Yeah. So the XFL, if the XFL had, and Vince is a smart businessman. So he, he knew 
I'm going to drop 375 of my own money. It wasn't WWE stock money. It was his own money. I'm going to drop this in. But as you stated, in year three, I'm going to have a hot brand. I'm going to have a hot property. And these networks are going to come to me instead of me going to them. They're going to come to me. And I'm going to sell the rights to this stuff. And I'm going to get, get it going. Yeah. The landscape has changed so much. And, you know, we can't definitively say the XFL is done. But you think about the challenge. It's not like the Saints, where Sean Payton's the coach. You know what I mean? Does Bob Stoops still want to be the coach next year? We don't know. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you have to start all over, guys, with the XFL. All the players, it's not like the NFL, where they're, they, they're getting, like, escrow, and there's big, fat contracts, and they're all good. The XFL, no. It's a week, It's a paycheck-by-paycheck paycheck league, and you got coaches that coach in the league. Doesn't mean they're going to want to coach in the league 14 months from now or whenever they restart the league. So in other words, he's restarting a league all over again, <laughs> again for yeah. a third time, which can be done. I'm not going to say you know that it's just too bad. Rest in peace. Um, rest in peace uh, to the XFL. It's yeah. Just Look, one one kick in the teeth after another, isn't it? I mean, even I liked it. I, I, I there, There's a lot of people that's saying, oh, I knew this would happen. And I, I don't think they were. I think the people that's saying, I knew this would happen, didn't really give it a watch, weren't paying no. attention to the ratings. You, you watched my show. The first thing I did every week was take a look at the ratings, take a look at the attendance. And based on those numbers, you can have a successful sports league. It was beating out college basketball in many instances. It was beating out NBA games um, in certain in, in many instances. So to say that they couldn't do it or nobody was watching is a far cry from where it was 19 years ago when they broke a record for the lowest ratings ever on a Saturday night broadcast. Well, one of my favorite, um, you know, one of my favorite shows. People know anyone who watches this show knows. I'll often res uh, reference The Simpsons. So there's a, one of the episodes, uh, Mike, um, Homer gets uh, uh, banned from Moe's, okay? Yeah. So basically, and he got banned from everywhere, essentially. He pissed off, you know, it was one of those, like he was just upsetting everybody in Springfield. Yeah. So he got kicked out of Moe's. He went to another bar. He got kicked out. It was like one thing after another. And then, you know, it led to him going bar hopping, looking for a bar to drink at. And it was great. He famously went into the gay bar. It's like all dudes, YMCA. He's like, there's something off about this place. He's looking around. He goes, there's no fire exit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like, he's looking around. It's all these naked dudes. He's like, there's no fire exit. Mm -hmm. So he goes into a sports bar. So he sees Homer's walking down the street, and he goes to, like, the next town. He says, sports bar. He goes, oh, sports bar. He goes, I'll be welcome in here. I'm a sports fan. So he goes in, and he sits down, and uh, two guys at the bar go, hey, we're just having a, an argument here. Who's the best XFL team never to win a championship? <laughs> <laughs> Homer says to himself, he's like, oh, this is a real sports bar. Right. <laughs> right? And like, you know, he, he leaves this place uh, as well. And the answer then, of course, was the San Francisco Demons, <laughs> all right, mm -hmm. who lost at the Los Angeles Extreme in the first ever. So it's amazing. The LA Extreme are still the only XFL champions ever. That's right. We didn't get there. We didn't get to the finish line this year. It's unfortunate. Houston but the new answer to the roll. trivia question is now the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah. The best XFL team in history never to win a championship, the Houston buddy. Roughnecks. That's right. 5-0 and forever. Undefeated forever. You know, it's too bad because the New York Guardians were really starting to come on, actually. Um, you know, and, and when I say really starting to come on, no one really ever won two weeks in a row in this league besides Houston. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody was up and down. And so then they New lost York it. actually strung two games in a row together, man. And then they were coming home to play Houston, and the league got shut down. They were they were one of the harder teams to watch, but they, they were scraping out wins. Um, you know, the 5-0 and Roughnecks lose their, lost their quarterback uh, to uh, uh, Charlotte, Carolina, Panthers, and then... Uh, Jordan Te'amu got signed as well. So uh, hopefully these guys will have some success at the next level. They're not starters in, in the NFL at the moment, but they showed a lot of talent, and I'm happy for them. Uh, they'll they'll be remembered for their success in the XFL, but you and I are probably not going to be talking about it too much after this. I don't think um, anybody has talked about sort of logistics and the future and start times and dates uh, about sports as much as I have in any show. Like, it's yeah. almost like it's a daily update. I do it on a daily basis. And I'm not trying to do it to be an alarmist. 
and nobody wants sports to come back more than I do. I'm a sports talk show host, right? So, mm -hmm. but nobody has been more realistic and I'm just trying to keep people, I don't care about dumb people. Like, you know what I mean? If you're dumb and you believe and all oh, are starting May 1st and, yeah. and oh, Trump says they're opening the economy and all this stuff, then I don't have time for you, right? right? But I know that there's some people that tune into the show for, for real takes and reality. So, you know, uh, poor Geno Smith found himself in the news. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. He was minding his own business. Uh, minding his own business, once again. Um, yeah, Rex, uh, Rex, just keep digging, Rex, all right? But anyways, we'll get to that uh, in a couple of minutes. But Gene Smith, read an interview with Gene Smith. Not Gino, but Gene. And um, Gene Smith, exactly. Not exactly like a, a fringe opinion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nice. The, if, if I had to pick the two most powerful athletic directors in the United States, one's Gene Smith, the other is Kevin White from Duke. All right, so there, there you go. Exactly. Like uh, Gene Smith's like the head of DADs, essentially, as yeah. you stated. Mm -hmm. And... So this is as realistic as it gets. This isn't, um, you know, NPR radio. Oh, you can't play football. I'm Gavin Newsom in California. This is Ohio State. It's a real reality as he starts to get into it. And he basically says, like, he's losing sleep over this every night. Like, he's losing sleep over the future of this. And it sounds to me he knows down deep inside why he's losing sleep because he knows what's right and what's wrong, this guy. Right? He's not a politician, and he seems to actually... Oh, let's just cut to the chase. When asked about college football, he said, I don't see how if we, if it's not safe enough for students to be on campus, how am I supposed to look at a football player and tell him it's safe for him to be here? Right. Which we're getting right to the chase, guys. Forget about your Woj bombs and your ESPN reports and, and, and all this other type of stuff. You want to know whether college football is going to be played or not? Can students be on the campus without outbreaks? That's the simple question. And quite frankly, as of now, I would say no. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and the most powerful ADs we just mentioned, athletic directors can be extremely powerful all throughout high academics uh, across the U.S., high academia, however you want to phrase it. But the one people that the the one subset of people that they do have to answer to is university presidents, chancellors. Those guys really do make the decisions. Guys and girls or men and women make those decisions. And I just think that there is no way that at this moment that I can see mobilizing 60,000 students to go to Columbus, Ohio, talking graduate and undergraduate students all of the support systems that go with it to run the campus from landscaping to food halls to whatever else you might need. It's a mini just... city. It's a city in its own. Absolutely. And Ann Arbor, thing, think about Tempe, this. So what all are you supposed of these cities. To do? What are you going to do also? You're going to tell students, no, you paid to come to Ohio State. Big money too, right? You know, these places, they're, they're businesses. It's not even a school. It's a business. So mm -hmm. you paid big money to come here. And you can't step on foot on campus, but we need to keep you away from the football players who are going to enjoy the campus without you here. Yeah, think I, about I that think as well. It's a like, terrible you know, look. Bad like, optics. You know what I'm saying? Like, all so, okay, we can't have you here, but you know what? We think we can sort of box everyone out and have the football players here. That's By the way, not Gabe, like what yeah, is the like, reason for the football games, right? There's one reason. Yeah, for the kids, right? The school. Come on now. It's for it's for straight cash, homie, as Randy Moss would wow. say. That's what I'm saying. Like the football games would be just to bring in cash to try to keep the athletic department going, and the other sixty thousand students are sitting at home on their couch. I, I just don't think there's any way to mobilize it right now. Uh, if we have more effective treatments, we all know the vaccine is probably twelve months away, ten months away um, at, at best. If we have more effective treatments, maybe we start to bring people out of quarantine, but to it's mobilize football games and yeah. For, for college football? No way. Because if you get into it, well, how come this conference got the test and that conference didn't get the test? Right. Guys, there's like a hundred kids on these teams, man. Like NFL can do it. And you know, when we get into the NFL, the NFL has challenges as a betting man. And I'll tell you, if you see props out there anywhere, guys, any start date, I've been telling you this and it's free money. I mean, they had start dates. Will baseball start June 1st? Yeah, yeah, it started June 1st, guys. June 1st, 2022. 
Yeah. Um, like that, that was a winner. They took it down. Will um, it was like, uh, will will there be baseball uh, July first? Hell no. Will the NBA be July first? Hell no. So just every time you guys see one of these props when sports are going to start, bet no, right? Just bet no. And the good thing is, if you're wrong, you'll be happy you're wrong. It'll be the first time one of those deals. You'll be happy you're wrong. You lost the bet. Hey, football's back. You'll make your money back betting on football. Yeah. Um, I think the NFL, and look, we'll get into the draft because I don't want to just talk uh, hypotheticals all the time. Yeah. But I think the NFL needs to be realistic and begin working on the plan like now, as in you're not playing. Like, what's the common theme of every one of these leagues' plans? Play in one city. NBA Las Vegas. Um, NHL uh, North Dakota. Now uh, Saskatoon, uh, Saskatchewan, Canada is coming up uh, right. for the National Hockey League. Um, you know, you go down the list, baseball, Florida or Arizona, et cetera. That's the only way it's going to happen. I know you're a smart guy. You follow politics. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you now, the Giants and Jets will not be playing in that stadium, bro. Yeah. Like, I, Phil I Murphy's not opening the stadium. So that means Rutgers isn't playing. Like, people need to start realizing the, real, the reality of this. And these East Coast teams, Rutgers aren't going to some desert island. They're college kids. Like, it's just the Big Ten, like some of these conferences on the East Coast, as you mentioned, Duke won't play. They were the first ones to pull out of March Madness. You think they're yeah. going to roll a football team out? Gavin Newsom is is over, is over controls a lot of college athletic teams up and down his state for yeah. nearly so, 40 but, million people in all of those teams and all those sports. Yeah. Like, basically, NFL football in Texas and Florida. Those governors won't shut it down. You can actually isolate players. That's what I'm saying. If anybody thinks that the National Football League season is going to be a normal season, number one, it starts on time, and number two, where teams are flying around the country in back-to-back -back weeks and using airplanes every week, you're insane, and evidently you're dumber than I think society actually is. It's not happening. And I'm not saying it won't be NFL football, because I think NFL will be that one league that they will do anything possible. They will buy four million tests. They will make their own damn tests. They'll say, well, we're not we're not taking tests from anyone. We made our own NFL brand test. Like they'll they'll do whatever it takes. But I think the part of whatever it takes will be to play in like Texas and Florida only. You'll have to set up teams in a couple of cities. You can't be flying around. I've said it before. You think you're going to Mexico City anymore? You're not no going way. to London to play games. No way. Going to London? You're not going anywhere. You're not getting on planes. That's just some, a risk of danger, and you're exposing yourself to other people, and you're getting exposed. You're going to need to be isolated. NFL football in Texas and Florida, they're going to have to start making a plan, in my opinion, Blue. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think, and you, you pick two states, too, that, as you said, they might be a little bit quicker to open things up to something like football. Open things and, up. They never close things down. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> true. Florida, in Florida's case, certainly. But I would also say that they have the wealth of cities and stadiums. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get on the grid, SportsGrid. I am Renzi. I'm on the grid, and so is Mike uh, Blue. And we're also on the clock as well as the National Football League draft is concerned. You know, a little, little voice inside my head is like, oh, God, like, is this draft going to get canceled, too? Yeah. Like, basically, everything gets canceled. You know, oh, yeah, Aussie football canceled. UFC, you can't, like, you get your hopes up for things, and then it gets canceled. The, the NFL is really going to try to pull this off. It's a unique draft, obviously. Uh, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because now that the draft is rapidly approaching, the bashing has begun. And... This year's Lamar Jackson is very reminiscent to me from last year, uh, Mike, which uh, it's Tua, which, which is Tua, in which basically every day there's a new negative story about Tua. Didn't interview well. He's brittle. He's injury prone. Uh, Tannenbaum goes on ESPN and um, says it would be irresponsible to take Tua in the first top 10 uh, picks. Mm -hmm. um, Mike Lombardi comes on, who, with all due respect, I don't have a lot of respect for Lombardi's opinion. Uh, Michael Lombardi says he's fragile and he wouldn't go anywhere near him. It's going to be a bust, essentially, in the National Football League. And to me, I'm being dead serious here. 
the more that these clowns say this stuff, the more I like them. Because those guys are always wrong. They're never right. These are the same people that thought Johnny Manziel would light it up. These are the same people that encouraged the Baker Mayfield uh, pick. These are the same people that said Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver or a running back. The guy was the most valuable player of the National Football League. There's a reason why Tannenbaum's not in the league, and there's a reason why Lombardi's hosted a podcast for a guy that was an NFL general manager before. Yeah, so I listened to Lombardi's podcast about Tua, and he's saying that a team flat out failed to his physical, uh, and not just because of the hip, because of the wealth of injuries he's had. So from that perspective, I understand why that would be a red flag for somebody. But he's saying it's one team. He can't reveal his source. Um, why are the, so do the other teams just not flunk him? You know, the 31 team doctor signed off on it, but one guy's not comfortable with it. I don't know what the motivation for saying that is. I don't know what the motivation of the doctor is. Is he has he um, examined Tua more than the others have? Now I will say that Tua has had a lot of injuries. Uh, there's no denying that, right? Yes. Uh, ankle, the hip. He broke his nose during the same play. He's broke his wrist twice. So. I know, I can't deny it. I, right. I'm not denying the actual injury part, but it's almost into character assassination now, right? I it agree begins with that. from, all right, yeah, he's had a couple injuries too. He's brittle. He's soft. Uh, he interviewed poorly. Like it just, it's like an avalanche of things. And I found it interesting actually, though, that sources tell the Miami Herald. Why the Miami Herald? Right. Like, you know because what I mean? The, yeah. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of smoke going around. Yeah. So, city. like, yeah. Like, I found it interesting that immediately after he met with the Dolphins, that it was leaked out badly it went. Yeah. The Dolphins didn't like him. He didn't interview well, et cetera. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, yes. I did he, not believe that at face value. No. I think the Dolphins are taking him. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'll ask you your takes here. So, the numbers at FanDuel have really been bouncing around, man, with Tua, like I'm on a daily up. basis. It's really yeah. crazy. So the new number now is three and a half. Yeah, you're getting plus 150 now um, to the under. So there's a little bit of steam. And this is what I find fascinating about draft betting, Mike. They don't have data. You know what I mean? Like when we're betting in-game, right. you're betting an NBA game, it's hard to win. You're betting against a computer and you're betting yep. against an MIT guy that program a computer He's smarter than you, and he's got a computer working against you, right. right? Like, you know, and you say, oh, how the hell do they get the numbers so strong? Anal algorithms, it's, it's all data. So you're, 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 when we bet, for the most part, guys, we're betting against the computer. You're not betting against Fat Tony smoking a cigar anymore. That's you're right. betting against the computer. That's why I like mixed martial arts. The computer doesn't have data, really, for fighters. The computer can't judge a knee to the face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it does. You know, what I mean? it can have happens. percentages, Mike, of who's gonna win, right? But right. it can't have the invariables that you can build into your algorithms of of sports. They don't have that for the draft, dude. Right. That's why I like betting on drafts. They don't have it. What do they have? They got Mel Kiper, Tom McShay. All they have is media hype, and it's fascinating to me, Mike, to see how. The daily Tua bashing really affects his number on a daily basis at FanDuel. Yeah, and and if if I could make one bet, and there, there's no odds for this, is that there's no way Detroit picks at three. So we know that that pick is on the move. It would be silly for them to remain there if they if they didn't get a good enough deal. I suppose they take Isaiah Simmons or um, somebody they else. They take the cornerback out of Ohio. Yeah, Jeff Akuda, right. Akuda. They could take Jeff Akuda, sure. They could take one of those two. But, but I agree. I, I think there, there's a high level of chance that they trade the pick. There's already stories out there that they are uh, the, eliciting offers from other teams. So that's a bidding war right now. Miami obviously has the multiple picks in the first round. Um, and if the they're sold on... And the 18th yeah, yeah. pick, right? So... Yeah, yeah. I've I've said it. I've threw it out there. Like if they get if they get antsy and they want to jump up, they're gonna get what the fifth and the eighteenth for the third. And it's a, it's a little steep, but don't they have twenty six as well? Yes, yeah, so they have a late third, a late first round or two. They can stack up. Like yeah. this, I'm a Bills fan. I'm concerned. Put it this way, they could knock it out of the park, but they'll probably find a way to screw this up. Well, I will say though that their first year under Brian Flores went better than we expected. Um, they're turning over the roster a ton. 
They saw they spent a lot of money this offseason, uh, Kyle Van Noy, and brought in other players as well. They've spent money on the defensive backfield, and I, I do think that given where the State of the Union, one year in, Brian Flores, I think they've done a pretty good oh, job. I agree with that. I, I'm not going to dispute. I like Brian, Brian Flores. But I just think the decisions that... have been solid, but... Um, well, I'm saying, you know, you can come out of this with a quarterback, a running back, yeah, and offensively. You can do a lot of things sure. if, if you're the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. But as far as Tua is concerned, so you're getting plus money now, uh, plus uh, you know, plus money at three and a half, plus 150. To me, it's worth a look, actually, because I do believe it's all, all it takes is one GM, guys. I know sure. that people trade it up for Mitch Trubisky, all right? Yeah. Somebody's going to panic. It's the same thing every year. I've been around a right, long football, time, guys. Tebow. It's the same thing every year. Every year, people saw this year's quarterback class isn't that good. Next year's is better. Yeah. And then draft day, people start flipping out, and you're like, oh, crap, this guy's taking him second overall. Go yeah. go back to Daniel Jones last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think Jordan Love's going to be that guy, though. I think Jordan Love, who's he's another guy whose stock keeps dropping. I liked him under 13 and a half. Then it was 17 and a half. Now it's 19 and a half. As far as two is concerned, I get the I get the criticism. I just find it it's a little bit excessive. Yeah. Uh, right now. Yeah, I mean but you mentioned the term I think it's soft. wrong to say it's irresponsible to take him. I mean, yeah, so what? I mean, it's not irresponsible to take Baker Mayfield, who's running from cops and getting drunk and like running his mouth all the time, but it's irresponsible to take a good kid like Tua because he got hurt. Dude, irresponsible is taking Johnny football when everybody knew that he had yes. a huge attitude issue and you just glanced over it because you were enamored with how famous he was. That isn't about, that's not what Tua is about. He's certainly not soft. I can't say it's irresponsible because I haven't seen any of the medicals and 31 other teams seemingly have okayed it, at least at this moment, that we only know of the one team and we're getting that from a secondhand source at best possibly third-hand source. So I would never say it's irresponsible because I haven't met him and I don't know how healthy he is. He damn sure ain't soft. I don't know if he's my favorite quarterback prospect ever. I think some people are enamored with the Alabama and the success and those Alabama quarterbacks really haven't translated in the NFL. But two is a little different. I'm a left-handed, so I always got a little soft spot for a lefty uh, and I hope he's able to get it done. And the hip injury really does concern me because how many guys fracture their hips and dislocate their hips and come back to wildly successful football careers? It's probably well below 1%. So that is a concern for mine, but I'm not going to bash to, I'm not going to be part of the smoke. I think he's going top 10 and uh, top five and and I'd leave it at that. Uh, Something that's interesting about this draft, some people think there's going to be less. I was reading um, one, you know, one of the longtime NFL writers uh, was saying that he's hearing there could be less drafting, uh, left uh, draft day um, trades, you know, Probably. basically, because everybody's usually in the same room, right? Yeah. So you can walk over and say, I want to talk to you, you know, but even picking up the phone, et cetera, it's just going to be, teams are going to be more panicked. Like, ah, oh, I'm worried about working my computer here as opposed to being on the phone. I, I don't think so, though. I think things will go more smoother, um, smoother than, than expected. But and I've talked about this. It's going to be interesting to see in two and three years down the road, guys, who got it right in this draft, in these circumstances like this. Yeah. But I came across something that shocked me and was, was fascinating to me. The New England Patriots haven't drafted a Pro Bowler since 2013. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, we should note that uh, Jamie Collins made a Pro Bowl in 2015. Mm-hmm. But they haven't drafted somebody that's made a Pro Bowl since 2013. And they have that rep of being geniuses all the time, right? Yeah. So I would say that in general, Bill definitely has a reputation for being a genius in terms of talent evaluation. But what we have seen from them is this isn't the first time there's been a downturn in their drafting success. We saw it at the end of the last decade when we turned in 2008, 2009, 2010, the Pats really went south on drafting. If you look back at some of those drafts, most of those players didn't stick with them for very long. And you saw them, you know, amazingly sort of rebuild. And by the time 2014 came around, they're back in the Super Bowl and 2013, the AFC Championship game. But I would say 
that what we have seen a shift with in Bill is he's always willing to let the free agent walk, right? So he gets the comp yeah. picks. They have stockpiled picks consistently, especially over the second half of this decade, and utilize those picks to either move up to get guys they want, or more importantly, utilize those picks to trade for veteran players that they've scouted in the NFL. Danny Shelton was a good example there. He became a cog on a Super Bowl winning team when he was a bust with the Browns in the first round. So they changed some things around. They get a lot out of him. That's, Kyle Van that's Noy. Another success has come actually, Mike, Absolutely. in which taking players from other teams and sort of big time free agents. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, you know, they always mix in some sort of stud guy, right? All right, we'll sign this guy, we'll sign this guy. And other guys, exactly. Like they'll sign veteran players, they'll bring in other guys, or they'll steal sort of stud guys, like they, you know, Gilmore. They used to pluck Bill guys all the time. Yeah, Danny Shelton was a top half of the first round pick by the Browns, busted out with them, became good on the Patriots. Yeah. Kyle well, we Van Noy. Note. We should Kyle know. Van Noy was basically a Pro Bowl quality player. He just got 40 million bucks to go to the Miami Dolphins, and he busted out with the Lions. He was a good player in New England. Of the Patriots drafting as well, they draft so late all the time, right? So it's not like they're falling ass backwards into a Pro Bowl or with a sixth pick in the draft. They're drafting 30th, 31st. They're winning the Super Bowl all the time. But that's the thing. And I heard someone once say something really smart about Belichick. And Belichick's the de facto GM there too, right? Yeah, he's at an advantage during the draft, by the way, because of that. Bill O'Brien too, well... Yeah. Well, more logistically, yeah. logistically. Um, so, but I'm saying Bill, o, Bill Belichick is such a good coach that the G, he does himself a service as a GM. You know what I mean? It's almost like he thinks I can coach anybody. I'm not paying this guy, but it catches up. It catches up, and and, and he's like, oh, I can coach anybody up, and it's like, yeah, you can, but you're only screwing yourself, like. I saw someone had that line. They said the GM screws the coach, and it's the same guy, ironically enough. Yeah. And and it's true. Like, people say, oh, he, he can no coach him. But if you look, I remember last year, and I, I remember betting against the Patriots a lot and cashing tickets and stuff with, with point spreads, and I was on Tennessee in the playoffs. And I remember I, I love scouting reports, right? Mm -hmm. And it was basically people were saying, I know this sounds crazy, but basically there's like one or two guys that would start on my football team that are on the Patriots. And that was a common theme, actually. Basically, Gilmore, all right, you know what I mean? Like, who else do you want on your team? Like, all these NFL teams were saying, my guys are better than their guys. They're like, Bill's a great coach. He coaches them up. But it, get, it gets to the point where teams aren't losing sleep over the Patriots' talent anymore. Like, yeah, they're great. Brady was great, but think... They had deep teams when they won, Mike. They had good players and stuff, right? Of they course, always had, yeah. like, you, you need talent. And I think Belichick's arrogance ca catches up to him a little bit. And 100%. even now with Brady, right? I don't need you. Like, you know what I mean? They they let Brady go. They didn't well, kiss his ass this day. Look, he, he's got the greatest resume of all time. It's the greatest team sports coach of all time, people will argue. And, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's in right there at the top of the list. But there are times, absolutely, where he has been spiteful, and arrogant to the point where it hurt the team. We saw it in 2006 when he didn't really sign an extra wide receiver. We saw it in the Super Bowl against the Eagles and Malcolm Butler played yep. one snap. So exactly. that is, there's no way that that's a decision to help you win the game. It was based Knowing on other that factors. Knowing Gronk was tuning you out and like he's so stubborn that basically like people were telling him like the kid's gonna retire, bro. Like it was almost known in the room. If yeah. you keep like singling him out and Belichick used to pick on Gronk a lot. It's like, dude, Gronk is carrying your ass, Bill, right? Yeah. And like players knew this on the team. And finally, like, you know, when Brady said, Oh, I'm not gonna twist his arm to come back, Brady did call. You know what I mean? Yeah. And basically Gronk told him, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't want to deal with him. Like I've already won Super Bowls. I'm rich. I'm happy. I'm going to WrestleMania. <laughs> like, you know dude, what I'm look, like, look, knowing who Gronk is and who Belichick is, I, I honestly can't believe that they coexisted for that long. I think it yeah. speaks to Gronk being able to be a, a, a good teammate and even more so to Brady to being able to bridge the gap and be a personal friend to Gronk and sort of teach him the right way to do things. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying know, Gronk's a screw up. I'm just saying Gronk's got a lot of personality and that isn't always embraced in New England. Yeah, but now you find out Brady. You know, that's the whole thing. You know, they always say, well, do you want to win or do you want to have fun? 
I think they want to have both. And I think what happens after they win and they don't have any fun, they think, what am I even doing this for then? That's yeah. another thing, right? They yeah. realize like, yeah, we're winning, but he's never happy anyways, yeah. right? So we're never happy because there's not a good atmosphere in here. Like it's pretty toxic from everyone gets, gets out of there. Nate sold I'll say the same. I don't want to bash them. I had a great run there. We won, but there's always that, but. Wes Walker was not afraid to throw around some stuff when he left. They all say that Bill demeans you and he's just, he doesn't, doesn't respect you as a man. Basically. Well, dude, that's, that's what a lot of people, we hey, gotta, up until we the time that he left, Brady was, wrap it up there. Yeah. Brady, yeah. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get on the grid. SportsGrid. Thanks to Mike Blewett for getting on the grid uh, with us. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with a raging redhead. Cam Stewart. So, uh, Cam... Uh, one of my favorite uh, parts of the show, we get to the questions yeah. uh, from, from the viewers and the listeners, etc. I do want to get to Isaiah Simmons a little bit, check in with some of the Let's NFL draft uh, props. I got an answer for you, too, on that question, so but it's a good one. Let's start off uh, with this handstand uh, challenge uh, that's going on out there. As, you know, that there's a, a hot chick from UCLA uh, did it, and, like, she's over the top, that girl. Like, she yeah. let the world on fire. She forget about Kim Kardashian. Watch that girl's routine, Cam, as she did a couple of months ago for UCLA. Like, basically, everybody's jaw was just like, it was over the top. Yeah, yeah, like, it was over, over, over the top. Um, and she's really good, but she didn't make the Olympic team good. It's hard to make the Olympic team. Yeah. Simone Biles is as good as the good as the best. She's like the best I mean, gymnast ever, right? I think that Simone Biles, too, not only that, I think she would fight her bigger woman and kill her. There's just something about <laughs> Like, you see her intensity? Like, she is tough. Yeah, she's one of the like, mentally toughest yes. athletes ever. I agree. Like, her routine. Cam, she was there with Larry Nasser. I know. A lot like, of She good- went through that. Yeah. Like, she didn't get, like, she wasn't assaulted by him. Excellent but point. But he tried to. Yeah, of course. Like, she was smart enough to say, he's a creep. I'm not going to that doctor. Like, you know what I mean? I will absolutely murder you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I don't know if you remember, too, one of the cute girls, she had had that bitchy look on her face. She looked on, they said, oh, she's like, she looked unhappy even though she won a gold medal. She did get by nature. That's why she looked like, she basically realized, and she said after, it wasn't worth it. Like yeah. she went through all that crap and she won. And she said, I was about to break down like inside. She goes, I can't believe everything I went through for this stupid metal type of thing. No, no, that's the like, thing. You know like, what I mean? like, you people. like, don't just assume, you know, like. I got hey, a lot of respect for these gymnasts. They, those chicks are so tough, like physically, mentally. They practice like 20 hours a day. It's a cutthroat game. But so they're doing this handstand challenge. And they take not only the handstand challenge, they take their pants off. Yeah, very like, I know. I'm like, come uh, on. <laughs> it's not just that. You're actually taking your pants off while you're in the air. It's like, you got to be kidding. I have a hard enough time. Like, dude, I sometimes, not every day, but there's a couple of times, like, well, you know, let's say every couple of weeks, I nearly tumble putting my pants on. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And I fall forward. I'm like, holy crap. I nearly yeah. just fell face first into the wall there. Oh, yeah. I'm brutal, game. I've I, done I, it before and not oh, drunk. Yeah. I've actually done like <laughs> putting my pants on where I sort of trip and fall face first. I fell face first into my door once a couple of yeah, years ago. I've fallen off my bed doing that. Like I put on my socks and sometimes it's tough. It's like, oh God, like yeah, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to put on socks. Like that's a really good health uh, look outlook, Cam. But anyway, yeah, no, these gymnasts, they can do more with their finger than we can do with our whole bodies. They're uh, amazing. Yeah, with their pink, <laughs> their toes. Yeah, exactly. And I hope Rex Ryan's not watching it. He's getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Stay away from the feet, man. Yeah, this guy, Rex Ryan. Um, I asked people on uh, Twitter, I said, man, would you like to see Cam uh, and me try to do this? And you've done everything on the air. You've gotten choked out by Boss Rutten. You've eaten the most disgusting things possible. We even ran out of disgusting things uh, when we did that. Would you eat that segment? Um so you've sacrificed your body a lot over the years, but this is something I wouldn't allow you to do it either. And me too. It would be people would laugh and stuff, but we'll end up in the hospital. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't think I could do a handstand. 
God, no. I, I, I can't do it against the wall, but like you yes. send it after. I'm just going to fall off like, oh, me, I'm scared I'll break my wrist or something. Like oh, something on my neck. Something bad will happen if we try to do this. That's can't the do thing. This. I admit yeah. I can't do it. We can't do it without support. So we'd lean up against the wall. I Maybe Puccio try it. Yeah, have, yeah, Puccio, you went to Iona. You, you give it a shot. And then I, I basically I'd fall and like break my neck or smash my head into the wall. Like, sorry guys, I've done everything, but I'm gonna have to say no to the handstand challenge because I know me and Gabe would both be injured and uh, I don't have health insurance, so pass. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I can't even fathom it. Like I just. No, I'm thinking I, number one, I wouldn't be able to stay balanced. Exactly. And then I wouldn't be able like no, I couldn't like it's it's amazing, uh, it's amazing, but. Uh, Avery, shout out to Avery. Hope you're staying safe, Avery. Avery wants us to give it a shot. I like yeah. Kovacs. He goes, with all due respect, F no. I don't need to see you guys yeah, take this hand stop on a headstand. Oh, he cares about our health. I like that. Jerry T <laughs> says it would be great content. Yeah, yeah. Watching us die would be great content. Great. Thanks. <laughs> These guys. Anything for a laugh. Uh, uh, Kevin Grogan comes in. A little pot shot of Kim. Cam probably has trouble taking his pants off standing upright. He's absolutely right. Grogan, you know me. I told you, I can't. I put on socks and it hurts. So why would I try uh, this? Yeah, Jazz, settle down. Jazz always a pot shot. Yeah, 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 this guy, yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys can't even do a handstand. Never mind taking the pants off. Yeah, now it's out. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see you try it, Jazz. I don't know, Jazz. Uh, the way you talk about me and Gabe, we're going to have to put you in a pretzel one day, I'm starting to think. <laughs> see how you like it. Darsh, Darsh is, he's, Jazz is right, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darsh, he, Darsh, uh, Darsh says, let's be real. None of us would be able to even do the handstand part. Thank you, Darsh. Hainzer says facts that, oh, Hainzer's piling on and saying that me and you couldn't do it. No hope in hell. That's the Hainzer. He's a, he's not very slick either. Oh, you guys, not... how about you pay us to do it? We'll do it. You guys can do it for free. It's a good point. I'm not doing anything for how free. How much would it take for you to try to do that? $1,000? I'd do it for 1000 yeah. 500 Oh, you should have started a little higher there, Gabe, but uh, <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I do it for uh, probably five, I guess. Yeah. I just don't want to think about breaking my neck, though. Like, I got I, I got to do it for 200 bucks. It would, no. Like, if somebody said, try that for 200 bucks, I mean, it's not worth it. I have to go to the hospital after, and yeah. everyone has coronavirus in the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital. Exactly. It's not worth it at these times. Well, maybe at a later date around the Masters, we'll <laughs> try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, people, uh, you guys don't have a lot of confidence in me and Cam's athletic ability. Eh? These people—they don't have any confidence in us. Shano's, That's okay. Shano's, uh, oh, this is this is great. Jose Canseco on Twitter. You, you can't make this up. Your boy Pucho Canseco. Happy Easter to everyone except Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> I love it. I, this guy just won't let it go. I I, I actually love it. <laughs> Who does that on Easter? <laughs> Easter to everyone except Alex Rodriguez. Buddy, I'll tell you something. A lot of people are coming out against Alex Rodriguez lately. He's a snake. You know, this guy, you don't, don't believe anything. Yeah, I didn't think, though. I, I, you know, it's funny you bring that up, actually, because Paulo Duca was one of the guys, right? Paulo Duca did an interview, and... He said, oh, he's a, exactly, he's a big snake, he's a big phony and a big liar. I don't know why he's so popular. And he's like, oh, he wanted Jeter to move to third base. No, he didn't. He never did. And he goes, at least I admitted I did steroids. He never admitted it. Because you got caught, LaDuca. He didn't, like, confess. You got caught. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't hide it very well. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a big A-Rod guy. I've never been, like, I think, you know what I mean? I find him and uh, J-Lo just both kind of annoying. Uh, they're very nauseating as a couple, you could say. Like, it's too you much. You can tell the phonies and fake. Yeah, no, it almost like it was weird. Remember that Sunday Night Baseball episode where she brought in the cake? Yeah, they and didn't the guy, eat the cake. That's what I'm saying. Who doesn't eat cake on their damn birthday on yeah, National they, And you know, she came What's in like reason? she's a regular girl dressed normal. I oh. read about that. The second they, it was off, right, they changed. Like, they wouldn't even touch the cake. They're like, get that away from me. Like, disgusting. Oh. You know what I mean? Screw them. Like, that's the thing. I'd eat the cake. I'd go wild with the cake. That was just such a PR thing to make them look like, you know. Weird, and me and you caught it. Like, it didn't look very natural. So, yeah, I, I called BS from the get-go. All right, this was a good question, actually, from our boy Pete. He's always got fun ones. Said, uh, who's who's your favorite midget wrestler of all time? Little Beaver. 
Little Beaver was unbelievable back in the day. Like when I first started as a kid, he was always the guy. And every time they'd have like Big John Stud or Andre the Giant, Little Beaver always got sacrificed. That guy took a beating for a midget. He's one of my favorites. And I got to be honest with you, I wish wrestling, I know in these times we can't do it anymore, but I want like five midgets versus like, uh, you know, McIntyre, you know, Scottish death match and stuff like that. Like we got to bring little, this. Little Beaver, uh, you're going old school. I like yeah. it. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend. Like, I seen tape of him from, like, he's old, man. Old, old, old. You know where he's, he's from? Where? Montreal. Of course he is. A lot of great wrestlers from Montreal. St. Jerome, outside of Montreal. But, yeah, like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, like, a farm town. Can't do it anymore, Gabe. Little Beaver. Bring uh, nah, you can, but. Well, Hornswoggle. He was yeah, a midget. Hornswoggle. Um. Pete said his favorite was uh, Mini Bader, <laughs> which was pretty good. He actually, like, he even had the puffy chest and everything, like, <laughs> Mini Bader. But for me, my favorite um, little guy is, um, was um, Little Dink. Dink and Doink. Dink and Doink. Dink, 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 yeah, dink, Doink the Clown, and when he had Little Dink. It was awesome. Oh, that was great. Like, sometimes, See, like. Doink would be getting beat up and stuff, and the yeah. little clown would come out and try to help him, and the wrestler would just get, get out of here and throw him away. <laughs> Wishing him like a fly. Like, beat it. Beat it, Dink. Nah, he, they make a good thing better. I wish we'd have more of that stuff. Uh, all right, what else What else do we have here? Great questions. We're getting midget wrestler questions. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, what what is uh, what's on Cam's menu? What's Cam's ideal Easter feast? Ideal Easter feast. Well, I went off the board this year. I usually do a, like a nice ham uh, with some mashed potatoes. And I, I got I to have a vegetable, like maybe a Caesar salad or something. But this year, I did scallop potatoes, nice prime rib roast. I actually sprung for it. Uh, that's what I, when I took the break earlier, Gabe, I had to take it out of the oven. Too expensive of a piece of meat to, to burn. So that was very important. But yeah, a nice roast would be great. Uh, man, know what I'm craving these days? I know you don't like it. You're more of a, like a butterfly breaded shrimp. Like I am craving red lobster. Like I need my seafood on. Like I want to go grab some like. Oh yeah, you're Joan. You're you're missing out. You're like you're like you're missing. You got a itch. Yeah. You need. But red lobster, are they? They might. Their kitchen might be open. Or are they closed? Their kitchen might be open. Cam. I don't. I haven't checked. Yeah, it's a good call. I haven't checked that one out. They might have takeout because it's yeah, not yeah. like a well delivery fancy like Grubhub or Uber Eats or one of those type of things. Um, funny you say that actually. And listen, dude, and you remember before, right before I came to New York, I was actually like on a health kick. You remember I was eating salad and I had the blender and the smoothies and everything? Blender drinks? I know that's gone. Yeah, that's long gone. Like I was eating at Al's diner every day, my boy Al's. You know, Yang's banned from Al's now. <laughs> well, you hear what happened to Yang? Some guy got uh, clipped like 50. Uh, he sent me a message. Some yeah, guy yeah, got yeah. by him. I'm like, oh my God, stay safe. Yeah, Yang, Yang's in like the craziest part of like Harlem. Like, you know what I mean? There's like Bill Clinton gentrified Harlem and there's real Harlem. He's in like the real deal, like 124th, 112th Street. That's where it gets like, it's hardcore out there. Stay safe, uh, Yang. We miss uh, Yang. It's funny, Yang sent me a message saying uh, he misses me yelling and freaking out. Yeah. He goes, I miss you bitching at me, bro. <laughs> Love, yeah, exactly. He, he can't wait for us to come back. That's good. I even misses you yelling at him. But I was going to say, I haven't, uh, hey, it's all good, buddy. <laughs> what, how you doing, buddy? Uh, so, I, brought, yeah, I haven't been eating great. So, basically, Michael's Pizzeria has been my lifeline. So, and I mix it up spaghetti, meat sauce, yeah, nice. uh, rigatoni, pizza, chicken wings. Well, it's not that bad because you. But, fuck. Yeah, but, but, yeah, exactly. I burn it off. But, yeah, Easter, I'm feeling it more too, Cam. And I found out that Ruth Chris is right down the street. I, I, I had a Ruth Chris uh, steakhouse in my neighborhood. I love and that place. They're open. They're doing they're doing takeout. And I figured, oh. you know what, Easter, you know, I, I have a craving too, but it was more for, um, I like a nice, like a nice salmon plate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some good salmon, top-notch salmon, uh, mashed potatoes. Yeah. And uh, I've gotten that before from Ruth Chris. I've gotten everything from there. But uh, listen, it's a little pricey, but sometimes you got to treat yourself, Cam. And, you know, it's going to cost, you know, 40, 45 bucks probably. I'll tip you. Get five, what you, you know pay I mean? for. Exactly. You know, 450 bucks probably right? with tip type thing. You know okay. what I mean? But 
<laughs> I can't eat Michael's pizza every day, bro. That's the thing. And you can't cheap out. You can sure you can go get a salmon dinner for $12.99. It's not ah, gonna be yeah. that's highliner. You gotta go for the real stuff. So sometimes get what that's you pay. New York Islander Islander Highliner fish that's stick right. dinner. I don't want fish sticks. Yeah, come on, eat our fish. Yeah, no, fish go for sticks. the good stuff. Uh Kovacs uh, steps up and it uh asking about Connor McGregor. Will will he ever be who he once was? And it's a good question, actually, just in, in, in a sense that Connor, I think this 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 layoff helps Connor McGregor. Oh, big time. Yeah, like he keeps him out. He's at, he's actually at home. I see videos of him. He's he's not wasted. Like he's looks better. Yeah, exactly. He did a video, stay at home, take this seriously. He's working out. I think Connor needed this. It keeps him out of trouble. It does. He's got nowhere to go. He's stuck at home now. And I even saw him saying, and you know, he often says things and it's just lip service, but he said something about he's embarrassed about some of the things that he sees he's done. Yeah. I don't think he even realizes it when you're in that haze and you're drunk and you're yeah. doing blow and you're rich and you know what I mean? I think yep. now at home he realizes like, you know what? I'm a fighter. I got to get back to fighting instead yeah. of just running my mouth all the time. You know he'll run his mouth again, but... yeah. Like, he seems, I think if this will help him, actually, more than hurt him. I think he's been humbled a little bit. Yes. Like, you know, when you when you look at yourself and everything that you've done. He's and been embarrassed all, a bit. Yeah. yeah, we all make mistakes, right? And now, he never cared before. It's like, yeah, whatever, F you. He I'm, was I'm, upset, Cam. Yeah. The only thing, and he's, he never apologized for the doll. He, like, he's never apologized for anything really before. I heard him say, he goes, man, he goes, I punched an old man. Yeah, like, he exactly. actually said, what was I doing? Like, yeah. I punched an old man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Try your whiskey? Like, yeah, like, that. no, that's the thing. Like, he's had a that lot old of... old man ate the shot, no problem, too, yeah. huh? I would have taken it, but, you know, I like any free alcohol, even from Connor. But I will say this. <laughs> yeah, you would have been like... It's actually, I agree 100%. And the thing is, when you've done bad things, you can look at yourself and you go, you know what? I'm going to come out of this better. And I actually believe he will, too. I'm not going to say he's going to be a perfect angel. Nobody no, is. No. He will not do the crazy stuff that he did before. I think he realizes he needed to tone it down, and he'll stick to fighting. So, hey, everybody gets a second, third, fourth chance. He will, and I think he'll uh, use it to his advantage. Dana White threw out a number once. He said uh, between 15 and $20 million that Cotter's paid people off. Wow. So I think that's also a thing that kicks in after a while. It's like, what the I hell am I getting tired of kind of checks to people? Yeah. Like, word was, like, that that old guy, he, he gave him a nice a nice payment. Like, yep. Connor said, I took care of him. I, he goes, I, I personally apologized to him, and I took care of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's So cool. I, don't, I don't know the real number. Some people said it was like $400,000. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.